This program is part of the Cosmic Potato Podcast Network. For more shows like this, visit our website at CosmicPotato.com. Do you know the difference between warp drive and impulse power? Do you have an opinion over which design of the USS Enterprise was the best? Do you remember when Klingons didn't have ridges on their foreheads? If you answered yes to those questions, then chances are you're a Star Trek fan. I would like to invite you to listen to my new podcast, The Prime Direction. For 50 years, Star Trek has been affecting people from all walks of life, teaching life lessons and changing the lives of people all over the world. The Prime Direction is the story of those fans. On every episode, I'll sit down with a lifelong fan of Star Trek and trace their fandom back to the very beginning. We'll talk about their favorite characters, the toys they played with, and what their favorite series is. But more importantly, we'll talk about how the show has made their life better. So join me on The Prime Direction on the Cosmic Potato Podcast Network. It's available on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play, as well as our website at CosmicPotato.com. And if you'd like to be on the show, just send me an email at mail at CosmicPotato.com, and we'll arrange a time for you to tell me about your prime direction. Isn't it about time for somebody's favorite radio program? Coming to you from the great state of Alabama and from points located all across the U.S. eastern seaboard, it's Cosmic Potato, the super fan talk podcast. You can find us at CosmicPotato.com and subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher. Now, situated in a small corner in Birmingham, Alabama, only inches from a tall glass of Diet Mountain Dew, here is your host, Sean Ray. What would you do with the brain if you had one? Keep the change, you filthy animal. Hey everybody, and welcome to Cosmic Potato, the Super Fan Talk Podcast. My name is Sean. And sitting across the virtual table from me is a man who hasn't slept in a week because his house is full of Pokemon. John, how are you? <laughs> I'm I'm fine, thanks. <laughs> Our main topic today is going to be uh, toys. You know, all the all the toys that we loved as kids, and, and you know, maybe toys that we have now. <laughs> but uh, but before we get into that, I want to talk about a couple other things. But first of all, did you get a chance to see Ghostbusters yet? I did. I'm going to see it tonight. Okay. All right, well, I'm not going to uh, spoil anything for you. Okay. I know I said that on a text yesterday and you didn't believe me. <laughs> <laughs> but I promise. I wouldn't say I didn't believe you. <laughs> uh, I'm sure you wouldn't spoil anything on purpose. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to talk about the plot or anything like that. I just I wanted to say that I've gone on record here on the show as being kind of nervous about how the new movie was going to go down because... And it's not because it was all girls. It was just because they came out and said that it's not a uh, sequel. It's a reboot, which is true. You know, when you go see the film, you'll see it's obviously a a reboot or a remake. Um, But I don't want to do... If we were doing like a weekend of release show like we did with X-Men, I might do a spoiler-filled show if we'd all seen it. We We may do one in a... In a week or two, I know I, I talked to, I chatted with Anthony a little bit online last night. He went to see it. He didn't like it. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so it'll be an interesting conversation when we all have actually seen it because we're all going to, we're going to have differing opinions, but I'll just say that I did enjoy the movie. It had a lot of, it's got a lot of callbacks to the original uh, show. I mean the original movie, but it didn't feel like they were straight up copying the original movie you know they hit they hit all the same beats you know it's kind of like they use the original story as kind of a template but there's enough original stuff there to where you know i i was okay with it but yeah i mean i i you know i i knew a little bit about it beforehand and um i think i saw the initial kind of teaser trailer and it didn't really you know do much it was maybe a minute long and I saw the full-fledged trailer. Um, what did we just see? Um, I know it was on when when you and I went to see X Men together. They they showed it there. Well, yeah, that, that well, I guess I, I saw another one. I guess I should, more recently. So okay. it, was, it was probably either um, maybe for Finding Dory. Yeah, I don't. They might have done it. And yeah, and I was like, you know what, like. 
Well, I'll with, tell you, I mean, nostalgia aside, I'm like, this, I would see this movie. Yeah. It's good. And it is, it, it is a very funny movie. I laughed all the way through it. Uh, one thing that I do like that my, my wife actually pointed it out. I guess I would have noticed it, but she, well, she it noticed it spoiler. first. But no, it's it not, it's not a spoiler, but <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> the, it's nice to have a movie with women in it where the women are the heroes and they don't have to be saved by men. And, but. and they're not at all sexualized. I mean, these women are covered from head to toe, you know, through the entire film. So, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and I will tell you, stay until the end of the credits. Okay, I, I probably would anyway, but yeah, it's good I, to know. I think that's a that's kind of a given these days. They always, almost everybody puts some kind of a little Easter egg at the end of their credits, but not always. You know, sometimes you sit right. there and and nothing happens. But but with this one, it, it's it, it's not a big Easter egg, but it is. There is a funny little little tidbit there at the end of the film. So cool. But the other thing that I wanted to talk about, and I kind of teased it at the beginning but um this this pokemon go game that hit uh hit the the internet running last week but which this show is actually gonna air probably about two weeks after we actually record it so by the time this comes out pokemon go's been out for a few weeks right but um michelle obama has been trying to get kids to get out and do something for the last eight years and nintendo did it in two days (laughs) yeah but uh, I wanted to. I, I did a I did a blog yesterday. Uh, listeners, if you don't know, I've got a blog over at mykidsdadisageek.com that I talk about you know a wide variety of things. I used to have three different blogs, <laughs> and they all had different topics. And I had decided to just kind of put them all together into into one one blog. But uh, yesterday, do what? One mega blog. Yeah, one mega blog, I guess. But uh, there's been a lot of... I've been taking a lot of issue lately with people that are making fun of people for playing this game. You know, I've just got this problem with people making fun of things just because they don't like them. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's kind of like when we were younger and we were really into Star Trek and people would make fun of us for being into Star Trek. You know, that, that kind of thing. But I understand that there's been some people that have done some dumb things because they were playing the game. Like, there was a couple that broke into a zoo. Somebody had a car accident. Somebody walked off of a cliff. You know. Is that true? <laughs> yeah, that is true. They didn't die. They didn't die. They went to the hospital with some minor injuries. They walked. They they just they were playing the game, and they were paying attention to what was going on on their phone. And they just walked right off the side of a cliff and fell about 50 feet. <laughs> wow. But but, uh, but But did they catch it? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but uh hopefully hopefully they did. But um you know, there's a there's a few dummies out there playing playing the game, but it's not the game's fault, you know, and it's not everybody. But there's been a lot of people on Facebook and a lot of people in real life that have been saying things like that game is so stupid. And I even saw one woman on uh, one of the one of the local Facebook pages you know, every town has these what's happening in such and such town Facebook page. And um, the one here in, in my town, the comic book store down the street was having a uh, an event where kids were coming out and they were playing together and they were walking around the downtown area and catching Pokemon. And somebody took some pictures of these kids walking around staring at their phones and put them on the site and was making fun of them because they're walking around staring at their phone. And I was like, you know, in two months, you're going to be sitting in your living room every Saturday afternoon watching football. <laughs> right. And, Yelling at the screen. Yeah, and what's the difference, you know? But, I don't know, it's just... And I did I did a whole blog about it yesterday where it's just like, you know, it's okay to not like things, but you don't have to be a jerk about it. You know? Right, I, I read it. I read it. And yeah. I, I mean, obviously, I completely agree. You know, I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm a black guy who grew up in Alabama... Who really doesn't care about sports? <laughs> yeah, you know, specifically football. I could care less. Well, that's not that's so, not even a black white thing. I mean, I'm a guy. I'm a, I'm a, a white man that grew up in Alabama that doesn't really care about football. Right. It's it's, it's, it's an uh, Alabama thing. Well, yeah. it's an America thing, frankly. Yeah. But yeah. Like, so you know, I read somebody posting on Facebook. You know, have you been like annoyed at everybody going crazy about Pokemon Go for the past? Um, you know seven days 
yeah, that's me with sports for the past 30 years. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> like just, just get over it. It's fine. It's fine. They're playing a game on their phone. It's fine. And they, like, and they're getting out. They're doing something. They're not sitting in their basement playing Xbox. They're actually, yeah, they're still playing the game, but they're interacting with other people. Uh, my daughter's been playing the game and, uh, uh, my my dad um, my dad was in the hospital last week and we went to visit him and she got the phone out because we were there for a long time and she got the phone out and started walking up and down the hall looking for Pokemon you know right. and um, and there was a little old lady standing at the um, at the elevator and my daughter walks up to her and just stops and she just looks at her and the old lady looks at her and she says don't move you've got a squirtle on your head. <laughs> and the old lady looks at her and she says, I have a what? <laughs> you know, but you know, it gets these kids out and they get them to talking to people and you know, and I, there's nothing wrong with it. You know, they're having a blast. So just leave them alone. Let them, let them play their game. <laughs> yeah. I, I, um, I downloaded it a week ago, a week and a half ago, maybe it was, yeah, it was last weekend and last Friday, I think is when it came. Yeah. Out. Yeah, and I haven't I hadn't played it um, until my goal, my plan yesterday, because I actually had all of yesterday off, uh, which was rare. Um, my plan was to like get up early, you know, take the kids to the park, and you know, go hunt Pokemon. Yeah. But I got up a little later than I wanted to, and so by the time we got to the park, it was maybe I don't know, maybe nine thirty, ten o'clock. At which point the servers were done. Like, they're yeah. like, no, sorry, can't get on. Uh, and, and let me just say, one of the reasons that I did it, one of the main reasons, actually, I, I, I am doing it, I will do it, uh, is because it's something that we can all do together. Yeah. You know, it's not like, um, you know, me having to sit through, a, you know, a kid's movie, even if the kid's movie is good, you know, obviously it's, it's a movie for kids that may appeal to adults. Right. Um, or me kind of having to monitor them watching, like while I watch a PG movie or a PG 13, you know, they like there's kid stuff and there's adult stuff. Yeah. And this is basically just playing in the park. You know, it's, it's like playing in the park with virtual pets. It's like geocaching. Yeah. Kind of. Right. I mean, I don't, yeah. Like, it's it's a fun thing that we can all do, kind of run around. So last night I caught a squirtle um, in my bathroom. That was my first. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I t- and, and and I wanted to make sure I could log on and you know get it to work. Yeah. Um, so this morning, um, my daughter and I caught. She's five. Caught an Eevee, I think, like upstairs in the bay window. And then we went looking around. We kind of walked around the neighborhood a little bit and caught a I'm, Pokemon fans. I apologize. I'm sure I'm mispronouncing uh, Ratata. No, uh, yeah. I, yeah, like on the sidewalk uh, across the street from my house. And, you know, we got out. We walked around for maybe, you know, 10 minutes. And at the end, uh, we were actually we were heading back to the house. We're like, yeah, it's too far because it was like a water type. And I'm like, you know, I'm not walking down to the creek. We're not, that's too far. Yeah. It's not that far, but it's, you know, it's too far for, you know, a throw on your shoes and go outside kind of walk. Yeah, we went out last night. Uh, just my my wife and my daughter and I went to um, went out to eat and, you know, did a little shopping and stuff. And on the way back home, uh, we passed by the courthouse, the, the courthouse over in Pell City, where, close to where I live here. And... Uh, as we drove past, my daughter screams out, the courthouse is a pokey stop. We have to stop, you know. So we stop, <laughs> and she gets out, and she catches a couple. I think she caught a Charizard, and she caught, and she uh, got some Pokeballs and stuff like that. But, you know, he just it just made me laugh that she was just freaking out because we were passing a, a pokey stop. Now, one thing that Nintendo is going to have to work on is... I don't know if I know that some of the Pokestops and and the gyms and things that they're putting out, they're putting them in certain places on purpose. Sure. Some of them, I think, they just kind of throw them out there and let yeah. them land where they where they want. And some of them are landing on private property, and some of them are landing in uh, cemeteries and stuff like that. So not cool. Yeah, you, you drive past a big. There's a big cemetery uh, a few miles from here, 
and you pass by there on the weekend and there's 20 cars parked in the parking lot and none of them are there to visit a grave. They're all there to visit to, to get pokeballs and stuff like that. So, so do they, like, I know, I presume like the water type Pokemon are like actually in water in real water. So do like the ghost type live at the cemetery? I don't know. I, I, yeah, I don't know how that works. I know, I know that, uh, here in Birmingham, they had on the news that the city of Trustville, which is a subdivision of a or a suburb of Birmingham, they were trying to get Nintendo to take a Pokestop out of the cemetery just because of that that reason. So people were coming there just to collect, because when you go to the Pokestops, you can replenish your Pokeballs and things like that, you know. So yeah, <laughs> so they were trying to get them to stay out of the cemetery because just. Just driving through and maybe running up up and down the little road there is not a problem, but when you're going up and down the hill and going in between tombstones and right. headstones yeah. and stuff like that, you know, stepping over graves, yeah, and stuff. you don't want to you don't want to be doing that to play a game, you know. So, so kids, if you're if you're playing Pokemon, just be mindful of your surroundings, be respectful of uh, monuments and and cemeteries. Yeah, I think there was there was a story, and I apologize if I'm misreporting this, but. It, you know, I like heard secondhand that like the 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 um, Arlington Cemetery. I think like people go in there to catch some Pokemon, and I want to say the Holocaust Museum. Yeah, the Holocaust which, Museum, and also the nine eleven Memorial. There yeah. is people playing the. I mean, because they're playing it everywhere, and I, right. I and I imagine in New York City, you're just wandering around playing it all over the place, but. You know, to sure. get to the nine eleven memorial, it's not just like you walk down the street and all of a sudden you're in the memorial. You have to go through security and everything to get to it. So, you know, if you're going to go to the nine eleven memorial, just do the nine eleven stuff. Put the game yeah. up for a little while. When you leave, get the phone back out and play the game some more. You know, just be be respectful of the people that are around you. Pay attention to your surroundings. Don't walk off a cliff. Don't cross the street without looking. You know, right. other than that, play as Don't much walk. play as much yeah. as you want. You know, right? So, okay, we're I'm gonna move into the main topic. I'll get off my my soapbox. <laughs> I want we Rick and I were doing an episode about cartoons a couple of weeks ago. You know, you and I and High Chan did one uh, the, uh, that'll actually come out. It hasn't come out yet as of the time that we're recording this, but. As Rick and I were talking, we started talking a little bit about some of the toys that were based on the cartoons that we were uh, talking about, and we said, you know, we should we should do a couple episodes about these toys, because there's some toys that we played with that they don't make anything like that anymore, and some of them that we played with that should have killed us, <laughs> but they didn't, <laughs> you know, and uh, and so I wanted to do an episode where we just talked about you know, it'd be a little different than what we normally talk about. We normally talk about film. We normally talk about TV, you know, stuff like that. So I wanted to chat about some of the uh, toys that we played with as a kid. And uh, we'll just do our normal format. We'll just kind of go back and forth. And you mention one and I'll mention one. We'll talk about it and I'll let you go first. Okay. Well, um, yeah, as you said, the origin for this show was uh, on the cartoon show. And... Um, you know, I was, uh, I guess it, you said the original, um, the, the seed for the idea was, you know, toys that should have killed us or, you know, are, are, you know, out of, they don't make any more or are just inappropriate for the day. Yeah. Um, and I was trying to, to think, I don't think I had a whole lot of toys like that unless you count real toys that were just broken. <laughs> yeah, and dangerous as a result. Yeah. Um. So I was I was thinking back to just uh just the toys from my childhood, right? And I realized that most of them you really couldn't separate from a cartoon. Like they they were for the most part uh, toys from a cartoon, or even if they weren't, uh, the first first one I'll I'll do is um, Visionaries. Okay. We had the little Visionaries toy, and the toy by itself, because I saw the commercial for the toy before I saw the cartoon, the toy just looked dumb. <laughs> the, the, and so, you know, it's basically it's your standard action hero, men and women figures. And the only thing is, um, this was like mid-80s, so it was the advent of the hologram. Yeah. Every, 
It's all about the hologram, and they had little holograms in their chest. So you turn it one way, it's like the symbol of their clan. They're either the good guys or the bad guys. Uh, the Darkling Lords, I think, were the bad guys, and the Knights of Light or something were the good guys. But anyway, it had their symbol, and if you turned it, the angle, the light hit it at a different angle, and you could see the animal totem, and that's the animal that was their animal, right? Yeah. That was all. That was all I had from the cartoon, from the comic book. I mean, from the commercial. I'm like, okay, that's. I don't see why I would get another toy. That's dumb. <laughs> but you watch the cartoon, and there's this whole mythos from Brismos, and they go on a quest, and they meet the wizard Merklin. <laughs> no, no trademark infringement, Merklin <laughs> with a K. Yeah. Uh, and he gave them these powers, and they actually turn into the animals, and they all have different you know, abilities and the toys, the vehicles do different things. So I didn't realize until I was kind of, um, you know, trying to come up with my list for this show, you know, my, my, um, you know, my knee jerk reaction was, Oh yeah, toys and cartoons are just marketing my, for my eight year old brain. Oh, it's too much marketing and toys. Like, <laughs> no, I just want to watch the cartoon. I don't want to buy the thing. I don't want to buy the thing. But I didn't appreciate until I was doing looking up things for this show how much I needed the cartoon to make the toys interesting. Because <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> otherwise, it's just another guy. It's like they, they didn't, you know, they weren't Stretch Armstrong. You know, they it's like, why would I get another G.I. Joe guy? Yeah. You know, why? what's the difference? Well, this guy does this, thanks to the cartoon or the comic book. I know that. So Yeah, I think there was a lot. We were, and, you know, we talked about before that a lot of the cartoons that we were watching on a Saturday morning the toys actually came first. Right. You know, like He-Man, they released all these He-Man toys before the cartoon actually hit the air. It wasn't very long because the cartoon was there specifically to sell the toys. Right. You know, so every Saturday morning you would watch an episode of He-Man, and by Saturday afternoon when you went to the store, they were releasing that toy for the, the character that they had introduced that morning or the vehicle that they had been in that morning or something. So every time you watch a Saturday morning cartoon and they all of a sudden they're in a new vehicle like like G.I. Joe did a lot and uh, yeah. Ghostbusters did a lot, stuff like that. When you went to the store that afternoon or the next day, there would be a toy for that vehicle there, you know. So Yeah. We didn't even realize we were being marketed marketed to, but <laughs> I think I I think I did. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I mean Yeah. I was a <laughs> little little bit of background about me. I am I am one of seven kids. I'm the sixth of seven. So me, you know, my, my parents were pretty much, you know, they were pros by the time they got to me. And we didn't grow up with a lot of money. So, like, me asking for a toy had little to no bearing on whether or not I was actually going to get it. <laughs> yeah. So I just I just got to the point, you know, if I'm going to ask for a toy, it's got to be really, really good. So most of the stuff I saw commercials, so I was like, eh, I don't, nah, I don't need that. Yeah. I'm good. Well, it was like with me, I got I got uh, a certain amount of money that I was able to spend on a toy when we went to the store, and the vehicles and things were expensive. You know, they were they they could run up to fifty bucks. You know, for some of wow. them, and yeah. um, but the figures were usually only two or three dollars. You know, so I could with the money that I would that they would give me, I could get probably two figures. You know, so I had a lot of figures. But not very many of the big, uh, you know, like I didn't have Castle Grayskull or anything right. like that. I, I didn't didn't usually have the Ecto-1 or anything like that, but I had the, the men, you know, the figures and stuff. So I just made do with that kind of stuff. But, well, my, my first pick is the uh, Fisher-Price movie viewer. Was It was actually my favorite toy when I was probably... I don't know, seven, eight years old, something like that. But I don't know if it's really because I, I like, you know, I really liked watching TV and movies growing up, but it kind of looked like a video camera and it had these cart cartridges that would plug into it that had about 90 seconds worth of eight millimeter film inside of it, something like that. And each one was like, uh, you had a Bugs Bunny cartoon. I, I remember I had one that was gummy bears you know, uh, Mickey Mouse, something like that, you know. But it had a handle on the side of it that you would turn and you would look through this little hole 
and you, you have to hold it up to the light like you would a Viewmaster. Right, right, right. And uh, you turn the you turn you would turn the wheel, and you could watch this cartoon. You, they, there wasn't any sound, but the really cool thing about it was that you could move it as you could make the film go by as fast as you wanted. You could run it in back in uh, in reverse. You know, you could go as slow as you wanted. And all that kind of stuff. So I, I would just sit there for hours with the same cartoon, just running it backwards and going in slow mo, and then going really fast. You know, all that kind of stuff. So, and uh, you can you can actually still get them. I, I thought I would look on eBay and they would be like two, three hundred dollars, but you can get them for like ten bucks now. But <laughs> depending on what the cartridge is that comes with it, right? And stuff. But but yeah, the Fisher Price movie movie viewer was a was a pretty cool toy back in the day. So. So uh, this isn't the one that I was going to say, but you talking about the movie viewer just brought me back because when you said that, I thought you were talking about the um, the Viewmaster. Yeah. Which was, um, they were almost like binoculars and they had like a little circular, um, I don't know what you call it, disc type deal with um, slides in it. Yeah. And you could, you know, you put different ones in and you click it and um, it gave you, you know, a, a moderately 3D-ish kind of image of whatever. Um, like you said, usually cartoon characters, uh, maybe uh, scenic landmarks type thing. We, we, had, we had a couple of those. And um, there's a restaurant um, in our area that that is their dessert menu. Like, they have the dessert menu on a Viewmaster. Oh, really? <laughs> With that, yeah, so, like, when you're like, can I see the dessert menu, please? They bring your Viewmaster, and you can click through the, the different Oh, the that's different cool. Dishes. Yeah, I know, right? I'm like, why has no one thought of this? I want every restaurant to do this. But, um... I think yeah, at so one I'm, time, I think at one time there was a company that you could send your own pictures to them, and they would make them into a Viewmaster disc and, and send it to you. Now, it was probably a, a terribly expensive to do it. Yeah. And they would send them to you in a Viewmaster disc. And they would be 3D images of your pictures and things. Which I mean, the, the the 3D effect was was pretty cool, especially as a kid. It you know, it wasn't it wasn't really 3D. It was just taking cartoons and putting uh, some of the characters in the foreground and others in the background. So you kind of it kind of looked like you were looking at them three dimensionally. The characters themselves weren't three dimensional; they were just layered. You know, right. so it was, but it was pretty cool. Um, yeah, so I won't, I won't count that as my, no, 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 <laughs> that's my toys, um, <laughs> um, synapse firing. Um, but I, I would say probably the toy that I had that I can remember, um, that was the most inherently dangerous, uh, you know, not counting my ability to swallow silly putty or whatever, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, was Thunder Punch He-Man. Mm. So... Thunder Punch He-Man um, was one of the infinite He-Man toys that they had. And he had, you could twist the top half of his body and let it go and it would snap back because it was like a rubber band inside and it would snap back and you could, you know, they'd make a little punch, right? He was Thunder Punch He-Man because I don't think they sell them anymore, really. But they had these little red rings with like eight little circles on them. And each circle, um, I honestly don't know what was in it. But it was, a, it was, it was basically the same thing they had in those little um, poppers where you would, you know, it's like, um, I want to say it was gunpowder, but I'm not sure. Like a teeny tiny amount of gunpowder and they wrapped it up in paper and you could throw it and it'd make a little pop and make a little bang. Does that sound familiar? Yeah. Right, okay. So um, I think it was the same material, and they had them in these red rings. And they used these, these rings were kind of universal. They used them in a lot of different things. So, like, you had little toy guns, which they also don't really sell anymore. Um, but you could load them with these little cartridges, and you get, you know, however many shots that you fired, it would basically have a little hammer, and it would strike the back of the thing, and it'd make a little pop or bang. You could smell smoke <laughs> for that extra gun-like effect. Um, but anyway, Thunder Punch He-Man was made so that the space wizard was built to his back. Um, you would turn him and let him go, 
and if you had a thing loaded, it would it would make an extra bang with this thunder punch, hence the thunder of it. Um, that was the only thing that I could think um, I could really damage myself with this thing made for kids. Because, I mean, it's not like we had any, you know, real safety rules with the, <laughs> with the thing. <laughs> yeah. we kept, you know, they came, like I said, there's like eight little pop things on a ring and they came in probably packs of six. And, you know, you buy a bunch of them at a time because, you know, you don't want just a few. So, you know, it's a stack of explosive material just piled up in your corner yeah. you know, of your room or in the closet or whatever. What that will be set off as a, you know, <laughs> if there's a lot of force applied to it and, you know, things are always flying around in a kid's room. So that's probably the most actually dangerous toy I had. Um, and for the record, it was, yeah, sorry, it was a He-Man toy. I didn't have a lot of, most of my toys ended up, uh, you know, crossing universes. <laughs> so, you know, He-Man would be, you know, battling or riding uh, the Dinobots or, you know, making war on Raggedy Ann or whatever. It's, you know, it's a, it a very Toy Story situation. <laughs> Well, um, I definitely had one that I guess it goes back to the toys that we talked about that probably should have killed us when we played with them. But for my birthday one year, and my birthday is July the 4th, so getting a toy that is something that you can get wet with on your birthday is is uh, is always great, especially here in central Alabama. But I got a slip and slide. Nice. But it's, and all it was is uh, it was a long piece of yellow plastic that you connected a garden hose to it and there was a tube that ran all the way down one side of it that had holes in it so that when you turned on the garden hose it would spray water out of the holes and the plastic would get wet so you would run and you just dive onto the plastic and then you would hopefully you would slide all the way to the end or you would slide to a dry spot and you would just flip over or flip off of it or something like that but they've they've gone through some changes over the years uh I think they make them now that have like a little landing pool at the end of it, and they have yeah. the the, the water. Best. Yeah, they have the water holes that go down both sides. And um, looking back on them now, it's actually pretty dangerous to just run and dive onto the ground like that. <laughs> I just slide. And see <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know if uh, if you messed up and you didn't get all the rocks out of the way before you laid the plastic out, then you could get a pretty nasty bruise on your ribs or something from just landing on a. <laughs> on a uh, on a rock, and if you're an adult, you have a lot more body weight come with the downward force of hitting the ground. So it's not advisable for an adult to use a slip and slide because I can't imagine what kind of damage I would do to my body now if I just ran and just jumped on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because yeah. if I just land full force on my stomach and my chest now, I'd probably uh, I I would probably you know, organs would start coming out of my mouth or something, you know. <laughs> yeah, you need, yeah. Gotta get to the running start. And they did have kids that would get some pretty bad head and neck injuries, and I think one kid actually got paralyzed from from hurting himself uh, jumping on the ground like that. But, but they still sell them, you know. You just have to pay attention to the little warnings that are on the box and, and all that, but... It was something that we would get out every summer, and we lay and we we play with it for a little while, and and then you know until somebody got hurt, and then we, it got put up. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but, but the thing is, we would always make it a little more dangerous by putting some uh, baby oil on it, so that you would you would slide even better. Sure, because because uh, if you hit it and it's uh, and it's got water on it, you're gonna slide. But if you hit it and it's got water on it and it's slicked down with baby oil. You're going to slide all the way to the end, and then you're going to keep going. <laughs> you know? But uh, we got some serious speed on it. Plus, if you if you put it at a downward angle, like going yeah, down a hill. Say, so, do you like do it on a hill? Yeah. 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 See, my yard was pretty flat, but we did have a hill on the backside of it that we could do stuff like that. And you, you can actually look up online, and there's people that – there's no reason why you can't make your own slip and slide. You don't actually have to go buy this thing. All you need is a sheet of plastic and a garden hose. <laughs> You know, that's the baby girl. Okay. Yeah, you can, but but there's uh, some videos on YouTube where adults are taking a sheet of plastic and just laying it on the side of this hill, 
I'm talking a big sheet of plastic and like 10 people at a time are running and jumping on this thing. They just run a garden hose across it, slick it down with some baby oil and just people are just sliding, having a good time. But <laughs> I don't know that I would do it now, but <laughs> I'd probably do it once. Yeah. <laughs> and I'd be like, yeah, that's yep. Yeah, okay. I'm done. Maybe if I put on some padding or something, you know, I might, I might give it a shot, but. Just me and a pair of swimming trunks. No, I don't. I don't think I would. But <laughs> go ahead with your next one. Okay. Um, my next one I've mentioned before, uh, Transformers. Um, that was another one that, like, we most of our, again, like, uh, you know, a new toy was was kind of rare, but thrift store toys, used toys, you know, were happened all the time, but they yeah. might not have been in the best condition. So, uh, you know, or, or they were, or like, if it was a new one, like I didn't have sound wave, I didn't have the tape cassette player, but I could afford the little tapes. Yeah. Right. So I had, I had Buzzsaw and I had, uh, Ravage, I think was the, was the Panther. Um, and I had, I remember it was, it was a big year for us one year because, um, I think we tried, we we each got two, and so we all collaborated. <laughs> like the the kids all like like we all worked together, so that we each got um, a Constructicon, and we each got a Dinobot. So at the end of it, we had um, all we had enough Constructicons to make Devastator. We had all the because like you know we we each get a few. We each got a couple, um, and we had most. I think we had all the Dinobots. So that was that was actually pretty awesome. Yeah, one of my, one of my favorite um, sketches that I've done is is a black and white of uh, I think it's I think it's on my uh, Facebook semi so profile picture I think actually or my background picture. Yeah, um, it's it's Grimlock, and at some point his little hand snapped off. So I, I imagined in Grimlock universe um, the pain. And the anguish. <laughs> so if you go to my Facebook page, uh, that's that's what Grimlock is. It, that's that's what that is. It's he's he's just lost his hand, and the uh, the despair and the fury <laughs> radiating out from it. Um, but yeah, Grimlock was always one of my favorite uh, Transformers. Um, I'm you know I don't know kids, robots, dinosaurs. I guess you know what's not to love, but I always always thought he was uh, he was really cool. Yeah. Oh, I think the one, I think technically he was my brother's, and I think <laughs> I had like slag or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it was like the brachiosaur. <laughs> um, but you know it is is teamwork. So. Yeah, that was me. I had I had all the He Man toys growing up, and then my brother had all the Ninja Turtles. So right. you know I. But I but I love Ninja Turtles, so I would just play with his. <laughs> you know? Exactly. So once parents leave the room, everything is everybody's. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, do you remember the game show Double Dare? Sure. Okay. But, uh, for anybody that's <laughs> listening, slip and slide. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> for anybody that's listening that doesn't know, it was a game show on Nickelodeon, hosted by Mark Summers, and now he does like a bunch of stuff on the Food Network and. They'd ask uh, trivia questions, and if you didn't know the answers, then you could do a physical challenge, which usually involves slime or food or whatever, water, stuff like that. And um, there was always an obstacle course at the end of the show that involved a lot of slime and whipped cream and slides and stuff like that. But I got a cheap train set for Christmas one year that my dad couldn't get to work, so he uh, he just boxed it up and said, we're taking it back to the store, you know, and... And uh, the day after Christmas, went back to the store and returned it, and he just told me to pick out whatever I wanted, so I bought the Double Dare home game. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And it had it had trivia questions in it so that you could actually play a less, a less messy version of the game at home. But we usually just played the physical challenges, and it had a bunch of stuff that you could put together to do different challenges. Like uh, there was a helmet that had a little spike on the top that you could use to do like a ring toss and right, you could right. replace it with a cup and you could throw ping pong balls into it. And, and, uh, there was a thing that strapped to your knee 
that had a little um it had a thing on it that you would balance a ball on it and you would try to crab walk without the ball falling off you know that kind of stuff and it was a lot of fun until you start losing stuff <laughs> and then you have to replace the things that you lost with things that you found around the house sure. like the, the you know the cups that came with it eventually became red solo cups and and, and eventually you find out that there's nothing in the game that you couldn't have done without, <laughs> without, with things around the house already, you know, but it had double dare written on it and, you know, it was, it was pretty cool. So, so yeah. And, and I read an article the other day that said that Mark Summers is actually going to do an adult version of double dare at Comic-Con this year. And I, wow. I told my wife, I was like, I really want to go to Comic-Con this year. <laughs> I used to love double dare. Hey. Well, I, th- I think he's like, um, Oh, what was it? it? Came out like years later. I think I remember reading this like ten years ago. That he's um, he's actually he's got OCD. Oh really? So, yeah. So like that show, like being the host of that show, like he had to kind of it was, it was kind of torturous for him. Like, to, <laughs> but I mean, it like the whole point is to make a mess. Yeah, well, and, all the slime and yeah. Yeah, right. And and he was like, Ugh. like I, I can only imagine, uh, like <laughs> having OCD and having a host that show i don't know what it was with um nickelodeon and slime back in the 80s it's like every show they had was just covered in green slime you know well you know you find what works yeah i mean do you remember the tv show uh you can't do that on television of course yeah so every time they said i don't know they would get slimed just for no just slime would just come from no reason and uh and it was you know, I listened to an interview with somebody that was on the show. I can't remember which kid it was. Alanis Morissette was actually on that show at one time. But um, the slime was like food coloring and cornstarch and water, you know, all that kind of stuff mixed in. So it sounds absolutely disgusting to get this stuff poured on your head. I don't know how much they were paying those kids to get slimed all the time. I'm <laughs> sure it wasn't very much in the 80s. Plus, it was a Canadian show. It wasn't even American. So, I don't know. <laughs> well, that's still like that green slime is, is, um, you know, still inherent in, um, you know, what is Nickelodeon? Because yeah. like, I mean, like the splotch that is like part of their, um, logo is, is basically, it's from that slime. And if yeah. you go, I haven't been, but I think it's in Orlando maybe, but like Nickelodeon studios, they have a fountain of, of green slime. Like they, uh, yeah. And the kids now, they don't even understand they don't even understand the fact that it just, there just used to be so much slime on every show that they had was just slime. You know, I had a, I had a bottle of you can't do that on television shampoo when I was a kid. Slime. Yeah, it was just green shampoo. And of course, on the commercial, they show some kids saying, I don't know, in the shower and just slime would just come out of nowhere and, and hit him. But you can't stand in the shower and just say, I don't know, and then just dump a whole bottle of shampoo in your head. <laughs> you can, but your parents are going to be very upset that they spent, you know, three or four dollars for this stupid bottle of shampoo because it's got a it's got a logo on it. And then you just wasted the entire bottle in one shower. <laughs> yeah. Well, go ahead with your next pick. Um, let's see. This is kind of the uh, quintessential '80s toy, I guess. Rubik's cube. Oh yeah. Um, so my thing with the Rubik's cube, it was for those of you born after you know 1995. Uh, it was a toy with um, nine. It was a cube, made, and each side was a different color, and it, it could rotate each each row can rotate um, in either direction. So I guess the best way I can explain it. Um, so once you rotated rows, you mix the colors up. And it was a puzzle game because, uh, you know, the, the point, the goal was to get the colors back together, um, you know, for each side, a.k.a. solve the puzzle. And Rubik's Cube was the first kind of game puzzle that I realized I could cheat and still win. <laughs> yeah. um, like, and I'm and I'm not a I'm not a cheater per se. Like, I don't I'm not like if I'm playing a game against somebody, like I'm never gonna cheat. Like, I, I'm I'm the guy that's gonna I'm like actually know the rules say blah 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 blah. Um, 
Now, I mean, I'll be cool about it if everybody agrees that okay, we're going to change the rules. But yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not the guy that's going to like switch your chess pieces when you're not looking. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> if it's a puzzle and it's just me and I'm basically playing against the puzzle, I feel I'm within my rights to do whatever it takes to solve the puzzle. Yeah. <laughs> um, and in my case, that meant learning how to disassemble a, a Rubik's Cube. <laughs> <laughs> Would you take all the stickers off of it? or No, I, did, I didn't take the stickers off. Um, I would literally, I learned how to, like, twist it in such a way and pop off a corner piece. Oh. I would literally take it down. So there was, it was just the, 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 the framework, which was, uh, it was basically like, um, uh, like an X, like a, a, what do you call the little wrench that you, like a tire iron? Yeah. Um, but in the center of the tire iron had two more poles that came out in the, um, the, you know, in the Z dimension. Right. Yeah. Okay. So that's basically what the inside of a Rubik's cube is. And at the end of each of the poles is a different color. And so the, when you pop them off, the little, uh, the different colors are, um, they're like center pieces and there are corner pieces. And so you, and then it's, it's a puzzle <laughs> for me. It was a puzzle in the more traditional sense. I had to figure out which piece goes where, and then you just slowly build it back together. And was that faster or more efficient than me just trying to figure out, you know, which way to turn it? Probably for me. Yes, probably it was. Um, was that more honest? I would say, I still used my mind to solve the problem. Yeah, I don't know that. Nowhere in the nowhere in the instructions did it say don't take this apart. Yeah, <laughs> reassemble it. Yeah, I don't know that I call it cheating. It's just you were using an engineering mind and you were just reverse engineering a Rubik's cube. <laughs> That's how I feel about <laughs> yeah. It. Now, now, if I'm if I'm in competition with somebody else, like who can solve it faster, then yeah, that would be cheating. Yeah, yeah That's yeah. definitely cheating. Um, but you no, know, just me versus the cube. No, the cube. Lost. <laughs> Lost to my combination of intellect and brute force. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What's your next toy? Uh, my Texas Instruments TI 99 slash four. I was going to talk about the the old NES. Uh, especially, I don't know if you heard that Nintendo is putting out a new. Um, yeah. The, 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 the smaller version of NES with the preloaded games on it. I did see that, yeah. Just in time for Christmas, you know. So I, I told my wife that's on my that's on my list for this year. I want that, but <laughs> but I was going to talk about the NES, and then as I was writing it, it dawned on me that that wasn't my first video game console. You know, my cousin had an Atari, and I'd play it from time to time when I would go over. But my dad brought home this thing one day. I don't know where he got it. I think it it actually came out in 1979, but we didn't get it until around 1984 which was about the time that the 99-4A came out. So I think that he probably bought it from somebody at work because they were replacing their old one. Because it cost like $800 when it came out, and I know for a fact my dad wouldn't pay $800 for anything like that. Right. <laughs> you know, so it was just a computer with a built-in keyboard, and it had a slot to put cartridges in. It didn't have a monitor. The monitor cost a whole lot more, but you could connect it to a TV. So we had an old black-and-white TV that we would connect it to. And it came with some game cartridges that you could play. That you could play. Uh, I remember playing a game called uh, Chisholm Trail that was supposed to be about moving cattle around in Texas, but it looked a lot more like Space Invaders because you were <laughs> you looked like it looked like a spaceship that was kind of sort of shaped like a cow, like a bull's head, and you were shooting things at, at these other at other things, and you know. But uh, no, you were the cow and you were shooting it. I don't remember. I'm shoot. God, we're talking about 32 years ago, (laughs) but it was, um, there was also a book that was full of programming language that you could, you could type it all in and it would let you, uh, make the computer talk. Um, you could play text-based games. I don't know if you remember text-based games, but yeah, yeah, exactly. So, uh, there was one that I can't remember exactly the name of it, but it was kind of sort of like 
pirate's chest or something that we, we used to play and you were a pirate and you were trying to find a treasure and it would tell you where you were. I'm standing uh, on this island and in front of me is a tree and to my right is a cabin, you know, stuff like that. And you would type in go west and then right. it would change and say, now I'm standing in front of a cabin, you know, blah, 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 blah. So you would continuously do that. And, and, uh, I looked online because I thought that this thing would now be thousands of dollars <laughs> because, you know, <laughs> retro games, people will pay lots of money for stuff like this, but nope, you can get one for like 20 bucks. <laughs> so, yeah, like I, I, I think a lot of, uh, you know, the advent of, uh, you know, uh, technology, um, as really just like, you know, the, the way it always does made stuff that seemed miraculous, just, you know, cheap and commonplace. Um, like I remember, um, I didn't have Zork, but, uh, one of my best friends did. And, uh, you know, I, I didn't like, I, that was like his birthday party was the only time I ever like really spent the night at another kid's house. Yeah. Like once a year, like I would go to, I could go to other kids' houses and play and stuff. But um, his birthday party was like the only time I could spend the night. And I knew that he had had Quark. I mean, Quark, sorry, Zork. Zork, yeah. <laughs> and um, I was really excited about going to his house to play it. And you know, Zork is not really a spectator type game. It's no. pretty boring if you're not the one, uh, you know, sitting at the computer. Or if you have to make decisions by committee, um, yeah. you know it's not it's it's not that great. So I remember being um, sorely disappointed. But he also had a video game, and we played the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles video game, uh, and and Double Dribble <laughs> for hours. Remember Double Dribble? Uh, yeah, vaguely. Yeah, and and um, NBA Jam actually is the one where like if you got on a winning streak, the ball would catch on fire and you do amazing moves. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But. Uh, yeah, so I I never played much of the text based games, but I, I am uh, I am familiar with it, and I, so I, I I get um, contact nostalgia, I guess <laughs> 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 the best way to describe it. Well, the the this particular um, computer, like I said, it had a book that had all this programming language, and it was crazy because you would sit for a half an hour, forty five minutes typing in code that yeah. you didn't understand that sounds like they scammed the kids to me it sounds like something they should have done before, <laughs> they, before they sold it to you yeah you're typing in this stuff just so that you can make it do this certain thing for a little while you know like i, I want to make it talk so i have to put in all this code to make it do this but if i turn the computer off and go do something else when i come back if i want to do it again i have to type it all in again and you have to type right. it in exactly the way it is in the book if you make a mistake yeah, I don't sure. know if you've ever done any coding before, but I, you know, I, I took programming classes at Jeff State, at Jeff State, the community college that I graduated from. And if you make a mistake in your code, yeah, you got to start all over, or you got to spend forever looking for the one little mistake that you made. You know, right? Because you did a because you hit a colon instead of a semicolon. Right, exactly. So, and that's that's the way this was. And when you're a ten year old kid and you don't understand <laughs> programming language and you're just copying it. And you and now it, the stupid thing doesn't work, and you don't know why. <laughs> well, and and a ten year old kid in the eighties, where you know programming language was really really foreign. Yeah, you know now at least a kid will kind of know what you're talking about. But yeah. you know then, you know it's not like it's a dark age or anything. But you know computers, uh, no com computers were. Like, it's not something that, that everybody had in their house, you know. You, right. If you had one in your house, that was something special, you know. Yeah. So, okay, go ahead with your next pick. Um, this one is a toy that I really don't expect anyone to have heard of, because there was no um, accompanying cartoon that I know of, um, and it wasn't even my toy. Uh, this is one of my brother's toys. Um, it's called Pulsar. And Pulsar was this guy. I didn't know anything about his backstory. And that's what I was saying like earlier. I didn't realize how much I really need and appreciate the symbiotic cartoon toy relationship. 
uh, until I was thinking back on toys in my childhood, I know I have no backstory for Pulsar whatsoever. And so I you know I looked them up online, and apparently there kind of wasn't one. <laughs> but Pulsar um, is this, uh, maybe 12, 13 inch tall guy, middle aged guy with white hair. Um, but his distinguishing feature was his chest was clear plastic. So uh, you could see his heart, you could see his lungs, and if you press the button on his back, his like you could see like the blood flow and the air. Obviously, it wasn't real. You know, yeah. Blood. <laughs> that would be horrific um but yeah like his his you know you see his, his heart would pump and his leg his lungs would fill with air and they would you know expand and contract um but the one that we had uh, like i said i looked it up the toys from like 70 i think 1970 or 70 early 70s and um by the time we got it, and I'm guessing it was another thrift store purchase, uh, his neck, the one that we had, his neck was, like, turned the other way. <laughs> his head was, like, you know, it was, like, a full 180. Yeah. So he could do a full 360, which was not what it's supposed to do. And we we usually, it's like it operated better if it was turned backwards for some reason. Um, so the only thing I knew about this toy was you know you push the button his his heart pumped and stuff um and his name was pulsar so we we always called him broken neck pulsar <laughs> so like when i was, I was <laughs> so there was, it was like i said it was my brother's toy and uh, i found out later that like calling him broken neck broken neck pulsar like hurt my brother's feelings <laughs> but I, was, I, I didn't know that you know i didn't know that at the time yeah that's this is what my older brother's because he's the one who's right over me, so the older, older kids, that's what they called it, so that's what I called it. But, yeah, Broke Neck Pulsar was uh, one of the uh, one of the earliest toys that I remember playing with. Uh, and, again, upon reflection, I have no idea what he was about at all. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know, I don't know if he was, like, alien, I don't know if he, I think I assumed he was, like, a cyborg, I guess. Yeah. Government experiment gone wrong or whatever. Um, but yeah, no one ever explained it and I can't, I have no idea what kind of stories we came up with, but, uh, yeah. So the next time you're, you're not you necessarily, Sean, you, the listening audience are mocking, um, a show or, (laughs) or a toy for being too entwined with its commercial counterpart. Um, pour, pour some Kool-Aid out for Broken Nick Paul. Sorry. All right, that was my last one. What else? What else you got? Uh, yeah, I'm gonna do one more, and then we'll we'll wrap up. But um, and I've I've got two, and I can't decide which one I want to do more. I think I'm gonna do the garbage pail kids <laughs> okay. because uh, the other one was gonna be the power glove, but I didn't actually have a power glove. It was just one a toy that I really wanted. <laughs> but right. uh, the the garbage pail kids. Looking back on it, I have no idea why I like these things because because you were ten. Yeah, it, <laughs> they weren't. It wasn't a toy. It was they were trading cards that came in a pack of like eight or ten, kind of like baseball cards did. And I think you got to stick a gum with them, and there was always one of them was always a sticker. So you would have your sticker on your trapper keeper, and uh, and it was um, it was a play on Cabbage Patch Kids, but they were like a disgusting or not human version of Cabbage Patch Kids, like. Itchy Richie was covered in ants, and Art Apart was laying in pieces on the floor, and and things like that. But um, it was really popular when I was in the fourth grade. Everybody had these things. You know, we used to trade them uh, because you would always have four or five of the same ones. So you would trade those to people for ones that you didn't have. And they made a god awful movie about them that I have almost no memory. I don't even know if I saw it. I probably wasn't allowed to see it because it was probably really yeah. disgusting. It was, it was live action, right? They yeah, played, like, yeah, they were live action, and they looked, they looked, they looked kind of demonic the way they're, <laughs> you know, kind of like Muppets with demons in them or something like that. <laughs> you know? But, but um, my collecting of the cards came to an end when my mom saw one that she thought was particularly off- offensive. 
but uh, I have no you idea remember which one it was. No, I don't. I don't. Because some of them were really disgusting. Like they had, yeah. they had like slime coming out of their noses, and they had like these little pimples exploding on their faces and things like that. So, so uh, she made me give all of them to my cousin. You know, so I gave him away, and he got my whole collection, and they still sell them. I see them in the yes, store every now and then, and and, and now and, he can sell them for a billion dollars. <laughs> but you know, I was in uh, Barnes and Noble or something a while back, and looking at some of the collectibles, and and they had Garbage Pail Kid cards. I don't know why are they selling? Do the kids actually still get these things? I don't know, but they're they were disgusting, but they were fun when I was nine. You know, <laughs> so so that was that's a a toy or game that I have an affinity for. But I guess that's gonna wrap it up uh, our episode about toys. But it, it was this was fun. It was a little different. If there's a toy that you played with when you were a kid that you want to tell us and all of our listeners about, you know, you can write to us on Facebook, Twitter, and you can send us an email. I actually made the email a little easier. It's now mail at cosmicpotato.com. So uh, don't forget to visit our website at CosmicPotato.com. You can find the show everywhere that podcasts are available, including Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes. And please remember to leave us a review wherever you find us. That's going to help us. uh, It's going to help more people find the show. But, John, pleasure to have you as always. Thank you. It was a pleasure to be here. And uh, thank you listeners for joining us as well. We'll be back soon with a new episode. Until then, take care of yourselves. Bye-bye. Bye.